Welcome back to another edition of Living Courageously Exposed, hosted by Big Inside Out Adventures and yours truly, Jennifer J. Saunders. My friends call me Jay. So I am here again, part three, with my dear friend Carrie. And uh, <laughs> oh my gosh, I hope you guys are having as much fun as I am having. And I'm really excited that she is willing to share with you a peek, because really it's just a peek inside of her her great big story and who she is and uh, just want to say thank you again Carrie for sharing your time and sharing your heart and your courage and your bravery too I just want to acknowledge I know this is a big thing and it's not always easy to talk about um, behaviors that that really aren't publicly acceptable and to and the shameful places that we have found ourselves in our lives and uh, it takes a lot of courage to sit here with me and or anyone and to speak out and share but I also know that there will be those listening that uh, that will hear your words and that will be touched whether they have found themselves in a similar situation or that they're in situations right now that they they will just resonate with your courage and your bravery and I just want to thank you for that so getting back into it Carrie and I have we're just recently discussing about the possibility of someone else's actions in the future or how they um, act out based off of their experiences. And so Carrie, do you want to just step back in and, and address that? We were talking about what some of the um, prison attendants and guards and stuff that you, I, I'm going to let you okay. clear that up. Okay. So um, thanks for sticking with us, by the way. Yeah. Um, I think it's a brave thing to even hear people's stories. Um, it, it's like, have you ever found when you read through the news, you, you want to click an article, but you don't want to click an article <laughs> because I don't know if I can handle that information. I don't know if I want to process the emotions that were, or the possible personal provoking that might come by reading those things. Uh, so I think it's courageous to just be able to listen. Um, I think going back to wanting to understand how I had arrived at such a painful position uh, for me, um, one of the things, you know, obviously a good counselor did was start delving into my early life. And I knew I'd had some experiences, some of those I've shared. Um, I had one in particular, I had a boyfriend situation. Um, I had a pretty serious boyfriend for a few years in high school. Um, and at the time, I don't know that I recognized all the factors that were really impacting about that relationship. But as I started unraveling that, I started to recognize um, some very big impacting events from that. Um, some of which maybe had stunted my emotional growth since I was that age. Right. They were very traumatic. And I found myself thinking, if I had never had those experiences, I never would have had this experience. I never would have harmed somebody the way I did or inflicted the community with such a traumatic event the way I did. Um, and I just, like, that was, I couldn't sleep for days and days. And um, I don't know that I felt angry. I just was, Why? Why did I have that? Why did I let that happen? Why did I date him? Why this? And I realized um, through a really profound counseling session, you know, sometimes we have to let that 14, 15-year-old girl off the hook. 
We have to say, I made a decision with my 14-year-old self, um, and I'm holding that girl accountable with my 30-year-old self. Right. And it wasn't fair. And so I realized, well, what about him? His life decisions were impacted by his parents. And, well, he had his parents because their parents had this experience. And I realized that those chains go on till the beginning of time. And so we're all going to offend and we're all going to be offended on in this experience we call life. Right. Um, and I don't know that we're accountable for all the ways we are offending or offended to others, if that made sense, when we're young. But I think as an adult, we are accountable. Right. And sadly, um, not many of us understand that. And two, it usually takes either recreating that cycle or engaging in some ways that, that expose that understanding or that reality of that. And so for, I I guess we all kind of have to learn how to deal with our crap. Right. And we can't blame forever. Right. Well, and, and you and I were just sitting here talking about, you know, we all have things that happen to us in our youth and, and in places where we don't have either the, the mental or emotional capacity or their tools to know how to really process them right. or to understand what has happened. And, and as we go throughout our lives, c- making choices and creating situations and events, a lot of our actions are based off of those events and we don't even remember. Yeah. And, and, you know, some of us, as we get into our teens and early 20s and maybe 30s, and some of us are 50s, we're still blaming our past where we're blaming, you know, um, an offender or we're blaming our parents or we're blaming the neighbor. And, and what I just heard you say is that eventually we got to wake up and start taking accountability and looking back and healing those places. Yeah. Cause it's the only way you really have any freedom to create a new decision or a new path. Um, I remember just stewing over the potential people I hurt and the potential people that beyond this life and beyond the next generation after generation I could have hurt or people that had supported me. How will I ever fix that? Um, and I, I just had someone tell me once they will work through that when they're ready to work through that. The only way you can really give back is to move forward in the very best way, you know, with an investment in yourself to be the best, healthiest, safe self you know how to be. I love that. To that, make an investment, moving forward, making an investment in yourself to be the safest, healthiest yes. person that you can be. Yeah. I think that goes for any one of us listening to your words right now. Yeah. You can't chase down. I'll chase this person down. I'll try to fix this. You could run your life silly trying to do that. But um, I just had to kind of get quiet in my head and say, how can I have the greatest impact positively, since I know what it feels like to have a negative impact, I want to know what it's going to feel like to have a positive. And that has for me been to not in a selfish way, but invest in me in fixing, understanding and correcting the things that needed corrected and to move forward in my very best self. Um, I think, and that's what I want to offer the world now. I think it's, you've actually hit the nail right on the head about what this podcast is really all about. It's about 
being able to look back and say, you know, these are some experiences, these are some things and that I've gone through or that, you know, based off of my family of origin or the, the community that I was in, these are some pains. And I, I had this experience, which led to this experience, which led to that experience. And I'm in a place now where I'm willing to look at it and expose all of the crap and take a look at it so that I can, I am speaking about all of us in general, can move forward in our healthiest safest best selves and for me that's living courageously exposed it's not about you know going out and just doing crazy things to do crazy things or to you know be in the public eye it's about saying i want to know me and how to be the best me as i move throughout my community or my family or or the world at large and so i i think you've hit it right on the head yeah and so i I think the, the word that started transformation for me was shame. Uh, the loaded word <laughs> that shame people tend to go, ooh, I hate that word. And there's a reason we hate it because it is a loaded word. Right. And it's a, some sort of an onomatopoeia in that it Will feels... Will you say that word again? <laughs> it's an onomatopoeia to me <laughs> because it feels... You, you say the word and you feel it. Right. And... It is. It's just that warm wash of I'm less than, I'm not enough, I'm a reject. Right. And you actually led to that in, in the last, I can't remember if it was in just the last yeah. five minutes or in the last section where you said, if I stole something, I thought I was a thief. If I gave something, I thought I was a saint. If I did this, I thought I was that thing. So you, that's really the basis of shame is saying taking on not saying that you know i made a mistake but i am the mistake yes and i felt that way and in all frankness the the secular judicial system really labels people that way right and so um i was really struggling with that um it was it was eating me up when i was still you know still in confinement and I had a really special uh, clinician in there um, who was just amazing. He was able to be so vulnerable with me about his own experiences that led him to be in the position he was in. And he's, he gave me a book to read. Um, I'd read it two times in high school. Probably lots of you have read it. Um, but I read it with new eyes, and it was The Scarlet Letter. Mm. And he said, I want you to write down every character and their response to the conflict and how they resolved it, and then come talk to me. And I did that, and um, I realized some really powerful things about that. I had had an experience that the public perception was going to shame, and were going to label very, very fiercely. And I felt like I would never get rid of that. Right. Like, this was a permanent mark. Um, I will never be seen any other way. And, um, I realized from that book and I won't go into what it is because then maybe you'll read it. Um, <laughs> go get the scarlet letter. Hawthorne. <laughs> um, it was, it was more your, you will be who you choose to be. Mm. That letter will be whatever you decide that letter is. Carrie, would you repeat what you just said, please? You will be who you choose to be. <laughs> you will be who you choose to be. Powerful, 
powerful words. So this, I mean, the, the simple plot is she had to wear the scarlet letter, the A, she was an adulterer. And at the end of her life, because of her choices, um, and as time passed, most people saw her as an angel, the Amen angel. Mm. And that was her choice to choose that. And it, and, and the book shares how everybody else involved in that conflict chose something different. And it was just really transforming to me about my ability to choose for myself and not be acted upon. I could go and act and most people would see me for what I was. And so because of that big, heavy word, shame, I just started digging into what that meant. And that drew me to all kinds of, I call them musketeers, because I just think they're pioneers in moving socialized thought forward in a big, big way. And there are some really great ones out there. Yes. And I, I just, everywhere I can find them now, I, I buy their book and I read and I listen because... They just, like, it's in my bones. So let me ask you this. Are you able to find those people, not just in books, are you able to find those people in your community? Yes. And in your social surroundings? Yep. And the more you live those principles and you put yourself out there, there's just an energy to it. They are drawn to you. You draw what you put out. Sounds like an energy thing. You draw what you put out. And so, yeah, you, you find yourself magnetized to people that are willing to choose those same paths to learn and grow. And um, I would say that I, I kind of entered this experience maybe as a religious person. I was about to say, like, tell us, like, the shame. You know, you know we we've, we've hear a lot of people speaking, and I have a lot of people coming to me who talk about shame, and they talk about it in a, in a religious kind of way. So I was going to yeah. ask you, what is your spiritual journey with that? Well, I went in, I think I went into this as a religious person. I mean, there was a lot of things I did, you know, structure I held. I think I left specifically confinement. I, and, and most of this started because I was disciplined by my community. So I didn't have the same structure. So when you say disciplined by your community, are you talking about your community at large or your religious community? Like, um, well, because my religious structure was sort of what held the meaning of the world together, okay. and I was I was disciplined by my religious community. Okay. Um, I I felt like I had to find that without that framework. Will you talk just for a minute on what it felt like at that point to? Um, you know, if you, if you feel comfortable enough, you know, what yeah. that, what that discipline was and what it, what it meant to you at that time and maybe what it means to you okay. now. You bet. I mean, I'm an open book. <laughs> <laughs> She's transparent folks. This um, is, this is Carrie's big thing is learning, <laughs> showing transparency. Yes. Um, I had been through so many painful days. Sure. Yes. I mean, they were just never ending. It was, it, it, it was just day after day of just trauma. And so I had gone in to meet with, um, my clergy and I thought, I don't even care what they do to me. I mean, what can they do? I've lost everything. And I thought it would just kind of be like another thing on the stack. Um, and yet it was devastating. 
And I remember leaving feeling like the very last thread I had to cling to is gone. Mm. And it was so hard. I can't even imagine. And I just knew the shame that would come on my family. And um, I was excommunicated, which holds a lot of meaning for a lot of people. But essentially it meant that my official membership of my faith group was gone. And my privileges and responsibilities and opportunities within that were eliminated. So if that um, was your last thread of hope... I didn't have any. Like, how but did you... I still felt strong connection to divinity. Okay. So okay. I thought, I'm just going to figure out what divinity even is. And I don't have this structure anymore. And I can't use this as, like, the foundation. So I'm going to start from nowhere. And um, I had some experiences... Um, early on that of people telling me um, their opinions of their faith journeys of you know why mine was going to change and all kinds of stuff um, so I just started from scratch and I started thinking what is God who is God what is the nature of God was this exciting was it scary like what are the emotions as you go um, to that place? I think the place? perfectionism kicked in again, Jen. <laughs> Blasted perfectionism. <laughs> I think it was like I was the person that sat on my bunk with six books across there, jotting notes like crazy, praying and doing all these things, trying to figure out just who is God. Okay. And trying to make sense of that. And then that led to the next step and the next step. And um, I at that point, opened myself up to visiting any and all faith communities I could get my hands on. Now, this happened inside the, the prison. Yeah, inside prison, um, because there's, you know, religious freedom to have anything there, I went to it all. Okay. Every single service that was offered, I attended. I think that's a really great thing that, again, it even was. inside of a prison facility, and some of you may not know this, but they, they still have their rights and privileges to worship worship and practice that way as they please, and they have options. Yes. So I think it's cool you were exposed to that. The people that come in and provide those services are truly some of the most amazing souls in our communities. Just amazing. Just the coolest people ever. I, I would guess they're the kind of people who see people for people. And not behaviors. Yes, and and trans I mean, for them, those experiences were transforming. Right. You know, many of them had the same feelings. They were scared to go there, and right. I mean, we heard this, but um, I went to everything. I I remember doing a sweat lodge retreat with the natives <laughs> in the prison. In the prison. <laughs> That's awesome. I I went to the Jehovah's Witness. I learned about Scientology. I learned about Wiccan. I learned about. Every kind of Christian denomination there ever was. Okay, I'm your friend, and I didn't even realize that you had all of these experiences. I knew you had some, but I didn't know the extent of it. So all of them. That's pretty amazing. All of them. And I, I did the, the rituals. I learned about them. Um, it, it, what, I'll tell you the, 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 the one statement I would sum it up with. I grew up believing there's me and my tribe, and then there's the others. Right. And what I realized is how false I was. Mm. And the world just took on a thousand times more beauty for me. I found truth and beauty and goodness everywhere I went. And not that I thought, I wasn't a swaying leaf. Like, I'm going to go here and I'm going to anchor myself here. And this is what I'm going to do now. Or this is what I'm going to do. I just was like this 
open soul to what are you offering and I'm listening. And I just saw, I don't know, I just, everything became more beautiful. Was that scary at all? No. Coming or was it just like... None of it was scary. <sighs> Mind-blowing, None awesome. of it was scary at that point. Um, I still think I had some bias okay. to that what I was raised in. Like, this is neat. I still think I swing towards this. Um, and maybe that's what I mean by scary because we do tend to really hang on to our biases and, totally and moving away them. from them. I think that's what I maybe yeah. was a And maybe question. I wouldn't even use the word fear. I'd use more like it just felt foreign. Okay. That's it was perfect. like, that's different. Okay. Um, but for the most part, somehow I was able to see goodness and beauty mm. in all these other places. And it was amazing. And I like, I really thought I, I'm none of these things. I'm just everyone. I just want to be everywhere. I want all of that's offered here and I want all that's offered here. And so of course they have this proselyting nature where come and join us, right. come and join us. And I'm like, I'll join you all. <laughs> I want to feast among all of it. And, um, that's harder since you come out and you come back to a community where you have these structures and you have these expectations and your family does things one way. Um, but my soul still has remained that, to that. Well, I was going to say, how do you go about now that you're, you know, back in quote unquote regular life and you have all this, these yeah. feelings of like, wow, I love this over here and I love this over here. And that over there was like really spectacular. How do you go about that? Like, I don't know. That and that's just religious communities. <laughs> I mean, that is just tiny, you know, and then there's just literature I've read that's inspired me and culture that I've had that's inspired me and people. And I've learned all these concepts through psychology and energy work. And I'm like, I don't know where it all fits. Right. So, you know, a lot of times I've asked myself, where am I today? And I think it's just, I'm still learning and I don't know. That That's fair. I don't know. I don't know what I know. I just know <laughs> that I want to know more. I, I would guess, again, that there are quite a few people listening, and myself included, who can honor and understand that place of, like, as we start learning and expanding and growing and really opening ourselves to being open, we start to realize that we really know so much, and yet we really know so little, and what is it that we really know, and... Yeah, that's and that, an interesting place. It feels untethered. Yes. <laughs> but and that used to I used to think untethered just will feel so flighty and scary. Um and I know the place that feels safe when you're tethered. I've lived that for right. so many of my you know, my years of life. Um but I I love the place I'm in now and it's it's an uncomfortable place for people around me that are not right there. Um they well, want absolutions. They want absolutions. Um, and I just think there's very few. So <laughs> I, I, I would agree with you. So even for yourself in this untethered place, like I, I have an understanding of the untethered place. <laughs> I live a lot there myself. And um, the, I have moments where I have to remind myself that it's, it's okay to be comfortable being uncomfortable. And so how do you... <laughs> Where do your, knowing that you have these strands of perfectionism and that you do like some, you know, more concrete things, like how do you, um, how do you equalize or justify this place of like, I am okay 
just being right where I'm at. Mm. Like with no, I don't have to have something solid over here or absolute over here. I can just be. Um, well, that's a more recent place for me to be comfortable in. So I haven't identified all of what creates me to be more calm and sit that way. Mm-hmm. Um, we share with us what you have figured out to this um, point. It's okay not to know. <laughs> it's just okay not to know. <laughs> That's a big one to come to. Um, I don't know where we pick up such a strong message we must know, but maybe since we, you know, through academics and through, I don't know where we get all that. But there's just such a strong message you must know. And um, I don't even like those words. I know right. anything because I think, especially in the world of spirituality, I believe that spirituality is for the things that we hope for that are not seen or known. They're hopes. Well, and don't you think when we say, I know, we close some doors? Oh, we close every door. Thank you. And we instantly kind of in, not even in a conscious way, but we say, I know, and my way is what I know, and every other way is what I'm not interested in hearing about. And so it drives disconnection, first and foremost. Um... It just totally drives disconnection. Well, and that goes, we're not just talking religion here. Yeah, we're talking everything. like relationships and in our jobs and like, yeah, yes. this is this broad My spectrum. way, I know. And so I'm shutting the doors and it does shut doors. And maybe some people like that because they feel safe. I right. think I've shut doors too. Like I know, end of story. I, I have done, I'm very guilty of that at, at points but in my I life. But I know is just, I think... It's, it's on my list of things that I want to try to eliminate from my vocabulary. So this thought just came to me. I think it's a great thing. <laughs> I know <laughs> you want to get rid of that. But the thought just came to me like, do you think possibly I know is, is an unconscious way of saying, I'm not ready to go there yet. That possibly it could be a safety feature for us. Yeah, so well, like maybe it, we it can produces do... something that feels not concrete and instantly makes it a concrete thought. It's like, I, I don't know, it, it, yeah, it makes it a concrete thought. There's no challenge in there anymore. There's no, there's, it's tethered now. So, I don't know, it's just a, it's just a door shutter. It just is. But it's, it's hard to not shut doors. Yeah. And it's not that you don't need anchors because you do need anchors. Um, there are things I can't say I know, but there are things that I've had experiences with that give me very strong feelings, um, that guide my life like love, right? Um, honesty, um, those kinds of things I've experienced enough of that I trust in them. I, I just trust in them. There are other things that maybe I haven't invested trust and, and you know, given my life to direction because I don't know. Um, but it, it, if you can eliminate I know and try to say teach me or show me or I'm interested or I'm going to be open to, it is kind of amazing all of the things in the world that you have never seen that start to show up. Absolutely. And become visible. And, and don't you get this sense when you 
speak any of those words that you just said, like, I don't know, or I'm willing to know something different, or I'm open, that when you're in a conversation with somebody, um, that you start to see into that person. Like you allow actual, wow, these are places I wasn't intending to go to, but you actually allow intimacy yes, to start absolutely. taking place. And really, like you talk a lot about connection and, you know, that's an important thing for me too. And, and we just open this amazing big door of like, wow, let me see your soul. Yeah. It's vulnerable. It's it, very it's, vulnerable. It's the, it's the really effective phrase that Brene Brown uses when she says, have a soft front and a tough back. <laughs> and I love that because most of us have a, a really tough front. We don't let anyone in and we don't let anything in. Um, but she says, let it all in and have a strong back uh, that is firm and can carry you and sift it all. But um, I think in the world we live in today, uh, there's just so much conflict um, politically, everything like, I've just found if you can just be open to those phrases of show me, teach me, I wonder if um, maybe they think something different and I could learn something by da 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 da. Um, you'll kind of be amazed. Um, it's scary though. It, it can feel scary. It can and really feel scary because it, it, it just kind of, it untethers those I knows to new information. Yeah. <laughs> and you probably will shift. And it's interesting how we talk about wanting freedom and yet really are unwilling to do the things because it does, it is unknown and it, there is a fear in that. And, um, but having the courage to start untethering and really yeah. experiencing that is it's such a wonderful like exhilarating experience to really one get to know yourself in a different way and um oh my there's a million places we could go with this yeah but even beyond knowing yourself is just really getting in and seeing people going back to that empathetic nature that you said you had learned and yes. sitting with people in their joy and sitting with people in their pain and everything in between you know um, you talked about, um, something you were saying about looking at your, at our stuff and you know, how many times do we, even, even something as simple as driving on the road and we see a homeless person or someone with a sign and how many times do we actually look at them or do we look away? And I feel like this being untethered is, is kind of giving that to ourselves. You know, do we really have the courage to look at ourselves or do we continually look away and project all that stuff onto other people so that we can continue to feel good. And so that untethered place is a, is a scary place that yes. having a soft front and allowing people to see that. It's true. It's, it's, we won't, we don't want to look at the things that ultimately I think reflect ourselves back. Um, I mean, for years we've talked about, this person or this item is provoking me. And even though we have the tool to say there's something in me that is so reflective there that it's just drawing me to it. Um, I feel like I've had that tool for a lot of years and it is still as hard to handle it. Mm -hmm. I'm just more aware of it. So this stuff is hard. This stuff is really hard. Um, but I don't think, you know, 
I had a good friend today send me a message that said a comfort zone is a beautiful place to sit in, but nothing grows there. Right. <laughs> and she said, dang it, nothing does grow there. And I'm like, it is. Comfort is sort of the enemy of, of growth. And it's a way I sort of gauge my life. Like if I'm really comfortable, I'm probably not growing because I think Paul in Christianity in the, in the Bible says you're, you'll someday learn to relish in your trials um, and in your challenges because I, I think ultimately we just grow. Right. Like how many times have, have people said, oh, if you could go back and do that again, would you do your life? Would you do it different? And how many of us really say, yeah, I do it all different. Yeah. You know, it's, even would, if crappy, crappy I stuff. Know. And we'd love to learn with less pain. But it's kind of like that, uh, the Christmas movie, It's a Wonderful Life. Mm -hmm. You change one thing, you change it all. It, it was all, to me and my belief and my hope, it was all a journey that continually will work for my good if I'm open to that. Um, because I, I, I believe that. I think, I think... There's really no, I ruined my life, or I shouldn't have done this, or I shouldn't have done that. I shouldn't have gotten married. I shouldn't have had children. I should have had children. I should have never gone to this school. Um, it's, it, it, I don't think that's what reflection's about. Using yourself today to criticize and, and degrade the person that made those decisions back then. Right, I agree. I think it's the person you are today stands from a wisdom position of, I know why you made those decisions, and I'm going to hug that six-year-old, that 20-year-old self, and learn how that fits in the tapestry of who you are and move forward again to that I'm going to be my best self. And that's there's no arrival there. You just keep working. You just keep going. That's right. That's one of my favorite things when people talk about goals, you know, I... They talk about getting to the destination and, and really it's just a jumping spot for the next one. There really is. You arrive for a moment and you celebrate and then you're on to the next thing. And so yes. I, I really like that. Um, okay. So anything else you want to tell us about your experience in, in prison or how, like, have we missed, I know we've missed lots of stuff. This is a big story, <laughs> but it in the short heavy. amount, in the short amount of time that we have, um, is there anything that's still sitting on your heart that you want to share? Um, that it's just, it's still just an active experience. Um, there's, you know, the, the initial event has been a long time ago. Um, but the learning is still very active today. And it's, it's funny. I think this is true for anybody that goes through an event, but I'll run into people from my life from back then. Mm -hmm. They haven't journeyed with me for 10 years or, you know, however long. And so either they kind of, there's a sense of, we don't connect. Or I find myself trying to step back into the shoes of the person they know. Interesting. And either of those places feels kind of weird. Right. And so I'll just tie back to... um be courageous to share your story, but also know that not everyone is worthy to hear it and share it. And there is a, there's a reason sometimes when you run into someone from a long time ago, 
it just feels kind of disconnecting. Um, even though they might have been so close to you at one time, it's if they can't be on the journey, that is part of the connection. Right. So just really quickly address, like when you have those those moments and situations where you've run into someone from your past um, and you know that you're not on the same journey or haven't been on the same journey and and they're not safe to hear your story, but they're wanting to know about you, how do you go about that in, in a safe way that honors both of you? Um, oh, I, I've run into so many different people. Some of them are like the awkward... I don't know how to really kind of connect. I don't know really how to handle this with you. So it's a lot of, you know, it's good to see you. Small talk, um, pleasantries. Mm -hmm. There's Just also keeping it on the surface. There's also sometimes where I think, okay, I got to bear down and expect they're going to ask me. They're going to expect this, and like they don't. They just are joyful, and it's like they just loved me. They weren't as attached to all of my life. They just loved me, and that hasn't changed. And um, those are some really beautiful experiences when I have them because they throw me off guard a little bit. Yeah, like, I would imagine. Wait, you didn't care one bit about that or want to know about that or where I'm at? It's just like me. And I love those. And, and sometimes those are come from unexpected people. Yeah, like... I, I, I don't know about you, but I've had similar experiences where I, you know, and I'll share more of my story later. I haven't really shared my yeah. story with everybody yet. So just know that that's coming. Carrie and I are probably going to switch roles here and I'll let her be the interviewer. But, um, you know, moments when you see people from your past and that you haven't seen, like in, in my case, you know, 15, 20 years and so much life has happened and, and you don't know what they know. And I know, and you start like, in, and like that's you say, what you're spinning. What do like, they know? What do I what need, do I need to, to say? Yeah. Where do, do we I find ourselves? Do I need to break ourselves? something open? And, and I found myself recently typing this big message and then just thought, erase it all. Yeah. Erase it all. And, and was given the gift of what you just talked about. The, this person said, I love you. Congratulations on, on this aspect in your, in your life. And they just like blow the door wide open to just like, we think you're amazing. Yeah. And, so I'm and really some, glad you get those. some of those people and relationships do transport time. Yeah. They do. And others don't. And I don't know. You just, I think it's just something you work through that you realize and get better at. This is somebody that I'm going to continue to have in my life. This is somebody that I'm going to continue to love outside of my life. Um, yeah. And then there's just some really abrupt people, and that's a whole other response for another day. But right. um, for the most part, I've learned a few things with people. We could end on this. Most people are so forgiving. Mm. And most people show up and offer so much more than we expect. And we should expect more for ourselves because we are worth it. And... Most people remember how you made them feel um, and who you are far, far beyond the years of our stumbles. Mm -hmm. um, and the few that can't offer that um, have a story behind that 
that we would weep with them over. Right. And so, I don't know, the more we can just project love and just try to, try to really, I don't know, assume the best of others. You know, that's another thing Brene Brown says. People are doing the best they can. Yes. And many will say, no, they're not. Um, but I say, I don't care if they are or not. By believing they are, I am a better person. Well, I'm a better me. And don't you think in your experience, Carrie, I know in mine, that when we offer that assumption that people are doing their best, one, we see, we see different results, but the people who aren't willing to go there are of the belief system that they aren't doing their best. Oh, absolutely. So how could anyone else be doing their best? And so we can't give that to someone if we can't give it to ourselves. Yeah, yeah, that's really true. And usually you'll get an experience that reminds you of that yeah. truth. Um, but yeah, I think people are doing the best and assume the best of others. You know, give people every good assumption you can, like, come up with in a moment. Um, your interactions are just so much better. Um, I walk away happier. And what they were or what they weren't is irrelevant. Well, the thought just came to me from, from the man sitting on your parole board. You know, he gave you... The very best the, assumption. The gift and the best assumption, and he told you. And look what it look what it sparked in you. And by doing that to other people in our lives, like we have no idea it's what true. that's going to spark in them. And they may have just need that may be the very thing that saves their lives that day. And in some cases, literally. Yes. So I I really love that. So just just as we as we cap off here, let's five lessons. Five of your biggest lessons learned from being able to go and <laughs> be in a women's correctional facility. Okay, my five lessons. I know, I just totally caught you off guard. I didn't <laughs> I ask you this question beforehand. Um, this is hard. Um, I should really kind of start putting more thought to this because there's been so many, but they probably all are under certain umbrellas of thought. Sure. Um, empathy is number one. Okay. And I cannot understate how important that is. It's a word that kind of gets overused and it's thrown out, but it is the driving force for goodness in our world. And I didn't Car have enough of it. Sure. I Carrie, will you do me a favor? And there may be some listening who may not understand or have a, a full definition of what empathy is. So in your, in your world and in your description, what is empathy? Uh, empathy to me means going, seeing something in somebody and finding something in yourself that's similar or the same so that you can meet that person in that emotion or in that experience for connection and understanding. So it's like, I may not have ever beat my children but there are plenty of experiences where i have felt shame and erratic behavior in how i've interacted with my children so if i'm brave enough i can say i haven't done that but i have done things that have made me feel loathsome and just crappy about my parenting and so the behavior i still don't condone but i can also say i can imagine 
and I am willing to go in myself as best as I can to understand that. So it's not that sounds bad. It's I am willing to sit in a place where I can feel how bad that is. Right. So, and it's just a force for all the goodness around us. I mean, we're social creatures. It's just how we really connect meaningfully. So empathy is one. Okay. Um, accountability mm. is two. We just can't run forever. <laughs> and nobody is the exception. Everybody is the rule. And we do have to be accountable for our lives at some point in our decisions and... I think we find real peace and freedom when we can do that. And, I agree. And that this has provided a, a very um, unexpected gift that way for me. Three, um, I believe that the prison population is probably, if not the number one misunderstood population among us. Um, there are so many people that take care of the poor and the needy and they care for children and they care for elderly and there's all these organizations that just run for these marginalized people and these underserved populations. But I can tell you, there, there is so much misunderstanding there. I remember leaving and just sobbing for days when I would think back on those women, some that will never leave, those walls right um some haven't had a visitor in 10 years mm. when we talk lonely these people are alone and it's like an orphanage you know our thoughts of an orphanage i mean what does that really bring up in you just <laughs> you just want to go and a lot of take them home yeah right yeah. well i feel like this isn't an adult orphanage for a lot of people and they're thrown away they are thrown away um, because it's not talked about, um, it's a forgotten people. It's, it's a feared people. It's a feared people. Um, I don't know. It's just a misunderstood population. And I, again, say, I know there has been terrible things Absolutely. that have happened. And I know some of those people would do terrible things again. Right. I don't, I don't fantasize about that. I just know many of them would not. And I don't know. It's we're all just one step away from being in their same position. You know, I, they, I'm a firm believer of that, that we all carry the characteristics and the and the ability to do anything. anything. Great. Yeah, or terrible. Or terrible. And really, it just is a matter of what experiences come our way to trigger those emotions and those behaviors. Yeah. So, I, so I'm a full-on believer I of still that. pray for them. I, I still love them, and I still hope at some point I can be more directly involved in helping communities reach and serve and help bridge gaps between those populations and the community at large. Um, because ultimately, if our goal is safety, um, that is we that is what has to happen. Well, and when people don't feel safe, they act out. And so it, that, that makes perfect sense, Carrie, to yeah. be able to find the ways to help create these people who actually probably have had their humanity by a lot of us removed so that we can keep them in this place yes. of fear, um, you know, 
So maybe we can address later, or if you have questions, those of you who are listening on how to help these populations, whether it be in a community situation or your state prisons, um, your women facilities, please, please email us or uh, leave your questions in the comments. I'll leave a, I'll make sure that you have an email address that we can address those things, um, you know, and help Carrie move forward at this this mission that she has now too of of not just helping her community but helping the forgotten communities. Yeah. And and so um, we'll we'll get back to you on that. So Carrie, number three? four. Okay, yeah, number, number four. four. Um, look inward. Keep mm-hmm. looking inward. Um, the solutions are not about changing other people. The solutions are about fixing our misperceptions about how we can change ourselves. And we just have to keep looking inward. Our nature is to look out and say, and to blame because pain is just blame ejected. Right. It's it's like, and I spin that fast in one second. I mean, I really do. And my poor husband takes the brunt of it. It's ah, when I'm feeling frustrated. Um, but if we can just continue to look inward, um, for me, that's been a really big thing is to, I know you think you have all the solutions for them, but let's keep working on ourselves. And so that's been another big thing. And then five, I would just say is you can rise. Mm. Um, you can, and, and people do, Jen, they do. Carrie, do you feel yourself rising? Are you there yet? No, I'm not there yet. Um, but you still have hope. I do. And in, and I'm really proud of myself. I really am. I would hope because so. Because the hurdles were so big. Some felt so insurmountable. I mean, I just, sometimes I think I have really forged through some serious crud. And I, I am not a hardened heart. I have remained tender through some very hardening experiences. And it's possible. This is why people who are POWs are all these wronged souls that were in these horrible places innocently can forgive and stay tender and come out. And we can. And I, I just feel so grateful for whatever grace has been given to me from from sources here and beyond that have allowed me to somehow make it to where I'm at today Um, with a lot of neat people. I mean, I, circumstances could be so different. Sure. I could have lost my family. I, I could have been in different shoes and had to go a different route to arrive at these same lessons. Um, but I wouldn't change the lessons. I mean, I would love to have learned with less pain. And I would love to have learned without impacting the world around me. But I don't know that that's reality. I just don't think it is. I think at some point, every one of us faces the music. Yeah. And so, but you can rise. You really can. And nothing ultimately is defining and keeps us down. There's just, I can't think of anything really. Right. And I, I, and I still have to say, do I really believe that? <laughs> um, 
And you've seen me struggle that way. You've seen me say, I, I, I don't think I really am free. But I think we are. Yeah, I, I agree. So as we close up this episode, um, one I, heartfelt thanks to Carrie. Um, you know, some of you may know her and some of you may not. And it is like one of the greatest, wow, honors and privileges in my life to know this soul and wow to watch her as she goes through this process that has been so painful and it's been painful to watch at moments and to, and to sit with her in that and uh, just really grateful for the growth that she's helped me through as well and so I hope that as you have you as you've listened that that you really kind of have like taken some moments to pause and look inside yourself and, and see where those places are in you that could take a little bit of um, fettering out and some bravery and courage to go in and, and find what makes you you and what makes you act out and have behaviors that are unbecoming or that may be hurtful to others. And really to recognize that we all are here to play a role and that we run into the people in our lives who are going to help us learn the lessons that we either chose to learn or want to learn and, you know, whatever your belief system says that way. And, and that as you go through the process of living, that you choose to live courageously exposed and give people the benefit of the doubt and um, practice empathy, be accountable, look for those populations that are misunderstood and marginalized and, and especially, you know, like Carrie was saying, those who are inside the prison system. Um, remember to look inward and always remember that you can rise. Even if it's slowly, you can rise. And so Carrie, I just want to, I just want to end by saying this. I have watched you rise. I asked that question very intentionally <laughs> because I wanted people to hear that you know, I hope they've heard that you've come a long ways and that they can see that you've risen. But sometimes when we're in that situation, we don't see it for ourselves. And you have risen and you are still rising. And um, I hope you guys, that down the road, we'll have another interview and you'll see how much farther this story has gone. And But that you remember in your own lives that you're rising and that there are people out there who love you and support you and are cheering you on in your journey to, to be courageous and to live courageously exposed lives. With that, again, thank you, Carrie. Any last words? No, no. I just I feel honored um, that you would provide a safe place for me to share something about this. Um, yeah, that you're that kind of friend and that kind of resource, and not just to me, but to every single person that you interact with. Mm. It's just a gift you offer. Um, and I'm grateful. Mm, thank you, Carrie. I'm, I'm, that's, that's a hard one for me to want to receive. I'm just going to say thank you, and, and I receive that. And with that, uh, thanks again for joining us, for, for taking and sharing your time and your heart space with us. And remember that if you don't believe in yourself, no one else will. Go be great.